This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen along with you. As the global death rates for maternal mortality have fallen, there remains concern that the U.S. is one of the few countries in the world where maternal mortality rate has risen despite improvements in health care. Well, here with more on this disturbing trend is Dr. Alexandra Spadola. She's Associate Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology, specializing in maternal and fetal medicine at Upstate Medical University. Welcome, Dr. Spadola. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. So it sounds like the U.S. is an outlier among the rich nations of the world in terms of maternal deaths. I guess there there had been some recent data earlier this year suggesting that there's actually been a rise in maternal deaths deaths, but I think you would like to explain that that's not exactly the case. Tell us about it. So there's good news and and bad news. Um, Part of the story internationally is that uh, you are correct. We we rank much lower than many high-income countries for maternal mortality, and uh, currently about 60 uh, in the world, 60th place. So when you say we rank lower, you mean we have a higher rate than some of these other countries. Exactly. The good news is that some of the trend in increasing rate does not appear to be a true finding. Uh, In September, data showed that um, rates had risen from the last official maternal mortality rate in 2007 As we struggled in this country to all be on the same page with how we're finding these deaths in terms of our vital statistics records and how each state was adopting both new guidelines and how new diagnosis codes were helping pick up more deaths than ever. So the news this week is that that seems to be more of the case that we're finding uh, more deaths concurrent with pregnancy rather than caused by pregnancy. So so let's clarify that just a bit more. So in other words, are you saying that it has to do with our data gathering methodology or that there are, this truly does reflect a higher mortality rate? So maternal mortality rate, how we're compared globally to other countries, is based on deaths that happen during pregnancy and in those first six weeks after pregnancy ends. So this is um, only a death that happens as a result of pregnancy or is aggravated by pregnancy, not deaths that are incidental or unrelated to pregnancy. So that's an important distinction because we know deaths can occur say, from a motor Car vehicle. Right. Exactly. So um, so we're really trying to capture how pregnancy um, impacts a woman's health. Um, and it's uh, the good news that we've gotten better at picking up um, uh, these deaths in the United States, um, but that may have made our numbers um, look worse than they actually are in terms of, of that fact. When, when you compare the rate, actually, though, the, however we measure the rate, assuming there's some uniformity, I'm hoping, across, across countries. Um, I read a statistic that the rate in the United States um, in 2013, which is a recent year, um, was more than triple that of Canada's. Yes. So um, there's been a lot of effort um, to look at the factors behind these reasons. 
we don't think it's related to um, things like the rising C-section rate. We don't think it's related to factors having to do with immigration or rural poverty. Uh, we don't think it has to do necessarily with some of the concurrent medical conditions in pregnancy in terms of people who've analyzed the t statistics. But um, we're still looking at the ways in which the um, women's uh, health has changed over the past decade um, in terms of in influencing those statistics. Yeah, I want to get into that a little bit more in terms of what might be the causes. But let's talk more about specifically in terms of the data. What type of rise over the last 20, 30 years has there been? I mean, I've, I've seen something that said at 25 years ago in 1987, there were roughly seven deaths per 100,000 live births, deaths of mothers per 100,000 live births. And then as recently, I guess in 2011, that number had more than doubled, almost, almost 18 deaths per 100,000 live births. So again, certainly um, historically, before 2003, death certificates in the United States had no indication of whether there had been a pregnancy um, in recent weeks, days, or even the past year. So that's been part of that story, is that we are just finding um, more deaths than we did in those prior decades, and, uh, and again, trying to understand um, better what's going on. Um, well, what I was going to ask you, though, is bottom line is there is going to, there's some issue with the way the data is collected, no question. But the fact is, as a rich country in the world, as you say, we rank 60th. So that's a significant fact in and of itself. So I wanted to get dig down a little bit deeper as to you've alluded already to some of the things people have discounted as being part of that picture. But let's talk about what do you think or what has been suggested to be the causes for this. So we know that the top causes for maternal death in this country, as in many other countries, include um, obstetrical hemorrhage, hypertension, cardiac disease, pulmonary embolism, sepsis, and then things that are rare but very fatal, such as amniotic fluid embolism. Now, those are things that are taking place during the birth process prior to the birth process or in the period postpartum after the birth process? Yeah. Or is it all three? So at different times during pregnancy, um, there are different causes of mortality. So women who um, die in the first trimester, say, are dying more um, from things like hemorrhage from ectopic pregnancy or um, infection, whereas we see uh, women around the time of say, a term birth, dying more often from hypertension, amniotic fluid embolism, or cardiomyopathy. And that's taking place, is it during the birth process, or is it just kind of around the birth? It's a great question. So we see that about three-quarters of women die in the postpartum period, and some of those are within hours in terms of um, severe obstetrical hemorrhage. Um, but some of those are in the weeks after where a woman may come into an emergency department complaining of a severe headache, um, be discharged and go home and have a stroke or, or fatal um, uh, intracranial bleeding. So are those things predicted? I mean, are they predictable? In other words, when you talk about the underlying causation, obviously there have to be some comorbidities, some things that predispose people, <clears throat> excuse me, to this type of thing. 
Before you answer, though, I want to say, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm Linda Cohen, along with obstetrician-gynecologist Dr. Alexandra Spadola. We're talking about the rise in maternal mortality, or the fact that um, maternal mortality is high in the United States. So I asked you, basically, you know, why did these things happen in terms of are there underlying conditions that play a role? So there absolutely are. And some of the things that we see factoring into maternal mortality in this country are changes in health trends, an aging maternal population. More so women, more women are, are having um, children in their 30s and even 40s. Um, we know that around half of the maternal population is obese, and that's very different than it was um, in prior decades. So that, that underlying or that comorbid factor of obesity, perhaps even diabetes, is that Diabetes, hypertension, and even small populations like women who have had excellent success in repairing their congenital heart disease as children, they're a new population who are now having children and unfortunately are at high risk for having heart failure or cardiac events that can be lethal. So some of the successes of our health system in an earlier phase may actually be contributing to a higher risk for mothers. Absolutely. We do know that some of the most severe maternal mortality or morbidity can happen in a low-risk population. And these are well-known factors such as obstetrical hemorrhage and amniotic fluid embolism. What causes those things? Why do they occur? Well, um, not all of them are entirely unanticipated. And um, one of the success stories in this state um, has been working on safety bundles. These are guidelines or checklists that physicians and hospitals can use um, uh, to help uh, recognize risk factors um, for, say, obstetrical hemorrhage or thromboembolism, and to try to um, see early signs and uh, treat in ways that are evidence-based. So <clears throat> it strikes me that there are a lot of possible underlying factors. For example, we, we started to talk about these comorbid factors like obesity or diabetes or the fact that someone had a heart problem as a child, and which was repaired, but may make them more predisposed to problems during childbearing years. But there are other factors such as poverty and access. So are there certain populations that are more at risk other than ones that have underlying medical conditions? An excellent question. And when we look globally um, with the new sustainable development goals, really the focus is on the holistic approach. So this is looking at the state of maternal health. And I think even though um, there are differences in how we approach uh, maternal health um, in areas of different resources, there's a lot of lessons to be learned here. When we look at the inequities in this country uh, in regards specifically to the alarmingly high disparities in maternal mortality, specifically to the African-American population, we see that, um, according to recent data, say, in our own state, in New York City, um, a black woman has a over 12 times likely uh, to die um, uh, during pregnancy than um, a non-Hispanic white woman. Um, and some of the issues uh, that have been looked at are, where is that woman delivering? Does who owns the hospital that she delivers at um, influence um, uh, her likelihood of, of death in, in um, adjusting for all the other risks that we um, 
know may influence. So I think the point here is that there is some disparity in the standard of care. And you've alluded already to the fact that there some places are attempting to put in place um, not even in terms of standards of care, but in terms of safety bundles and taking a look at the possible underlying risk factors for moms. But that's not necessarily happening in a, in a standardized way throughout the country. And I guess I'd like to segue quickly into what you see as solutions to the current situation. I mean, we can't eradicate poverty, but can we potentially raise the standards or standardize the care in such a way that there would be a diminishment of some of these risks? Right. So ACOG, um, our American College of OBGYNs, is very focused on the types of strategies and guidelines that look at that evidence-based standardization and disseminating that um, throughout the country. Um, and then again, we're focusing on that lifespan of the woman, the preconceptual health, access to contraception, safe abortion care, things that will help women um, with chronic medical conditions um, have uh, avoid unintended pregnancies and um, be healthier during pregnancy, and then a smooth transition back to her regular health care providers so that events that happened in pregnancy uh, can be recognized as risk factors for her health going forward in her life. I mean, obviously, it's a very... Uh when you talk about the fact that there are all these factors, whether they be comorbid conditions, underlying problems, and the fact that there's problems with access or disparity in care, these are very large issues that then kind of translate into this problem. And they're very large, you know, problems to tackle. But clearly, women's health overall needs to be addressed in a way where it's, there's, equ you know, equanimity or equality across all people in this and country. And even though we're talking about maternal mortality rates, we want to recognize that why women are more likely to um, die from homicide or uh, substance abuse as also part of the ways that their interaction with the healthcare system in pregnancy may help um, uh, their survival. May, may help their survival? Um, May uh, these are moments in which uh, can we influence um, a woman's life positively? So even though they're not directly pregnancy related, um, can we change those rates as those are part of those late maternal deaths in the first year? Very good. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming in. My guest has been Dr. Alexandra Spadola. She's Associate Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology. She's specializing in maternal and fetal medicine at Upstate Medical University. I'm Linda Cohen. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air.